0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm
1: Shannon Bream. I'm Will Kane. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
0: Friday, November 17th, 2023, I'm Eben Brown. President Biden meets President Xi in San Francisco at the APEC meeting. But did anything come from it? Or are the nations still at odds?
1: We've been talking to China intensively since the Cold War. And things have only gotten worse. And I don't know what Biden could have said that hadn't been said in those three decades.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Relations between the U.S. and China have never been all that great, and they've grown far worse ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, where China's culpability is suspected by many. And at the meeting of the top leaders at the Summit for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, or APEC, in San Francisco, U.S. President Joe Biden had talks with China's President Xi Jinping. And not everybody is convinced it helped anything.
1: President Biden announced a lot of progress in his post-meeting press conference. Uh, And everybody hopes that that is, in fact, the case. We won't know for quite some time.
0: Gordon Chang is an expert on U.S.-China relations. He's on X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. And his new booklet is titled China is Going to War.
1: But there were two worrying signs One of them was that Xi Jinping was not standing next to Biden when Biden was saying everything was great. And also there was no joint statement. There was only a statement from the United States and a statement from China. Um, And that indicates that there was not agreement on important things. So we have to take that as the starting point. Now, President Biden has a view of China, which is, I think, misguided. Um, He believes that it is just a competitor the word he uses consistently. He's not willing to use the word adversary. And he's not willing to use the word that the Chinese use for us, which is enemy. So um, that mismatch is of deep concern that we're not taking those steps that are necessary to defend ourselves. Biden wants to talk to China, and I can understand that that impulse. But the point is, we've been talking to China intensively since the Cold War. And things have only gotten worse. And I don't know what Biden could have said that hadn't been said in those three decades.
0: Let, let's talk about that difference in perspective, even though that may be too nice of a term. But the uh, that you have mentioned that Joe Biden, President Biden uh, feels that China is strictly a competitor and not an adversary or an enemy. Um we've had competitors in the past who are not enemies and we've had enemies in the past who are not competitors. So please describe all three of those, those descriptors.
1: Well, with regard to China, a couple things in May, 2019 people's daily, which is the most authoritative publication in China, in a landmark editorial declared a quote unquote people's war on us. Now, We Americans, we just do not pay attention to propaganda. We do not pay attention to what our enemies say. But from a Communist Party point of view, a declaration of people's war is significant. It means an all-out conflict. Um, And also, we got to remember that Xi Jinping has a view of the world which is very different from ours. We have this open architecture world where countries compete with each other. That's the Westphalian international system that's been in place since 1648. Xi Jinping, on the other hand, has been trying to push this notion of imperial Chinese rule, where Chinese emperors believed that they had the mandate of heaven over what they called tianxia, or all under heaven, which means that they feel that they have a right to rule, not dominate, but rule the entire world. And since 2017, it's gotten worse, because Chinese officials have been talking about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. So we have to understand that their vision of the world and our vision of the world, are mutually incompatible.
0: That might seem like we're at an impasse, <laughs> to, 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 to say it lightly. Uh, how does the United States coexist with another country like that, That where the worldviews are that incompatible? We've, we've sort of coexisted, but we've not, I wouldn't exactly call it peaceful. It, it's always been um, like a, a mere tolerance of one another and it even attempts to undermine one another, and I think it's gotten very lopsided, not in our favor. So how, how do we what does the United States do in w- w- with a with a, a China that is seeking to undermine it like that? We
1: have to come to a realization that we don't want to acknowledge, and that is we cannot coexist with a Communist Party that believes that we're an existential threat. And it's an ex- we pose an existential threat to the Communist Party, not because of anything that we say or do, but because of who we are. An insecure regime in Beijing is worried about the inspirational impact of American values and form of governance on the Chinese people. And we have to understand and actually start listening to what the Chinese regime says about us. Um, They declared basically unrestricted warfare. And we see that in the 70,000 fentanyl deaths last year. Uh, Last year, according to preliminary CDC estimates, 70,000 Americans died from doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl. Almost all of that illegal fentanyl comes from China. And we have to recognize that the Chinese regime runs a near total surveillance state, which means that the fentanyl gangs and producers um, could not operate um, without Communist Party approval. But we really don't have to speculate about this because um, Chinese diplomats provide cover to the fentanyl producers and gangs. They launder their proceeds through the Chinese state banking system. Mm -hmm. And almost every container, virtually every container that leaves China is inspected by Chinese officials. So uh, obviously, Xi Jinping wants Americans to die from fentanyl. John Kirby said, oh, you know, Xi Jinping doesn't want any one more American to pass away from illegal fentanyl. But that can't be the case, because remember, this is the same Xi Jinping that in 2018 made the identical promise to president Trump. And since then, fentanyl has been coming into our country in record volumes.
0: And, and that, of course, poses a whole, it seems like a whole other threat uh, with regard to the southern border, because we know that's how most of it is coming in here. Um, but how do you stop something like that? It, I mean, I, I would have to say that Stopping it at the border is probably going to be more effective than stopping its production or trying to stop its production or, or asking for uh, the production to stop in China.
1: You know, there are two things that have to be done. Um, one of them is we have to close the southern border. Um, and second of all, um, we have to impose the most severe costs on China for killing Americans. We impose those costs. Um, we stop talking to China. We say we're, not, we're done talking to you. We've talked to you for a half decade. It's obviously not worked you know, we're going to impose trade sanctions or other sanctions that cut China off. Because China's economy right now is in distress. Um, It is not growing at the 5.2% pace that they claim for the first three quarters of this year. If it's growing, it's growing at 0.5%, 1%. It's not growing fast enough to service their debt. They've got the biggest debt crisis in history on the horizon. They've got all sorts of other problems And we have that leverage and we're not using it. So, yeah, we could stop the fentanyl flow because Xi Jinping can stop it. We just have to give him the proper incentives. And unfortunately, there is no political consensus in Washington, Republicans or Democrats, liberals or conservatives, to impose those costs.
0: We are speaking with noted China policy expert and author Gordon Chang on the meeting between President Biden and President Xi at the Apex Summit. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. Let's talk about China's economy. It's often touted as strong, but then there are people who say that's that's simply not true. Such as yourself, um, what makes it strong or what makes it not strong? Why is it having its um? Why is it imperiled right now? You mentioned the debt, but there are other things. And I'd also like to think that if the United States stopped importing Chinese manufactured goods, their economy might be in in even more trouble.
1: Yes, actually, for the first nine months of this year, um, the merchandise trade between China and the United States fell 24.8% over the comparable period in the preceding year. Um, but it could fall a lot more um, if uh, President Biden were to use his powers under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977, for instance. But to answer your earlier question, um, the reason why China's having a problem right now is it's having its 2008 downturn. In 2008, it refused to have a downturn. So it went on the biggest stimulus program in history. Um, in 2009 and the four following years, China created an amount of credit that was roughly equal to the amount of credit in the U.S. banking system, hmm. even though in 2008, China had an economy less than one third the size of ours. So they went on a party. They splurged. And now that debt is coming due. And we can see this in all sorts of symptoms like overbuilding and uh, hidden debt all over the place. So um, essentially, Xi Jinping came to San Francisco. Yeah, he wanted to talk to Biden, but he really wanted to talk to the CEOs, the 400 that he met at dinner, because he needs and he urgently needs their money.
0: Let's talk about things outside of Southeast Asia for a moment. Uh, the war in the Middle East, uh, namely between Israel and Hamas, which threatens to uh, bring in Iran and Russia and perhaps others. Uh, China has done some things which may, to, may have been shocking to some people, but also I, I think maybe even just par for the course for them. Uh, the Chinese uh, state-run mapping apps have now eliminated the name of Israel off the their map when you zoom in on the middle east uh, this is not something most americans would be able to access i think online but uh for decades now uh, islamic jihadists have threatened to wipe israel off the map china which i had always felt sort of stayed out of that mess has now seemed to seemingly have gotten a little bit involved they have digitally wiped israel off the map um that that's that's saying something isn't it
1: it certainly is. And also, um, you have Chinese diplomats and Chinese propaganda supporting Hamas um, down the line. Yeah, the, the most important support, though, is the, China's financial support for Iran, because without that support, Iran could not afford to support its proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthi militias. Also, um, it, and just to give you a sense of the dimension of this, China's purchases of Iranian oil in the first nine months of this year was 60% above the comparable period in 2017. Mm -hmm. 2017 is the measuring year because in the following year, the Trump administration reimposed American sanctions on the purchase of Iranian oil. So you can see the depth of the financial support. And there's other supports, but that gives you a sense of where Beijing is. And by the way, um, Hamas and the Houthi militia, they have Chinese weapons. Um, the U.S. Navy, for instance, in 2021 and this year interdicted Chinese weapons going to the Houthis. The Houthis joined the fight against Israel on October 19th. Hamas has Chinese weapons. Um, they have North Korean weapons as well. And, and North Korea could not export weapons to the Middle East without China's support. So down the line, this what China is doing to support the war against Israel mirrors what it's doing to support Russia's war effort against Ukraine.
0: And then there's the concern over TikTok. We there have been a lot of us sounding the alarm over TikTok's uh influence over American youth and and young adults uh and just this week we have seen a number of uh, of of American young adults uh expressing via YouTube that they've just now been able to read uh, the bin Laden letter to America that was published after nine eleven. A lot of us remember reading this actually when it was published in the week after nine eleven by American newspapers. But what was so uh, scary or interesting was that these young men and women um, have been saying, well, gee, I, I kind of understand what he says. He, he's making a lot of sense, meaning the late uh, Osama bin Laden. Uh, well, what he said in that letter was that civilians are right to be targeted in the Western world because of representative democracy, that if they if the sovereign power comes from the people and they're to blame for things and, and he therefore would blame them for American involvement in, in Israel and, and the like. Um, we have often feared foreign mind control. It had been the stuff of sci fi movies going back to the 1950s. But this almost seems like a, a very. um effective influence game at the very least
1: the osama bin laden um episode has been extremely distressing um but it comes after um tiktok uh, amplifying these hamas themes and this comes after last year when tiktok was spreading russian disinformation about the ukraine war uh We've got to remember that TikTok, yes, it, it scoops up a lot of US data illegally, right. TikTok has violated every promise it's made on data security. But what's really important to Beijing is the algorithm that curates content that determines what our children see and what they don't see. And that algorithm is especially effective. And that's why TikTok is so addictive. And you've got to remember that as the Trump administration was leaving office, they tried to force a sale of TikTok to Oracle. That sale floundered not on uh, price, it, it on, floundered on the control of the algorithm. And that shows you what's important to Beijing. Yes, TikTok owned by ByteDance, ByteDance is private, but it really is an instrumentality of the Communist Party's propaganda organs.
0: Gordon Chang, China policy expert and author of China is going to war. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. That's G.O.R.D.O.N.G. Chang. And you can find him there on Twitter. All I guess now now known as X. Thank you so much, Gordon, for being with us once again on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you, Eben.